You're tuning in to another huge episode of the Dawson D Show, and we're back in Melbourne for episode 148 as we sit down with Mason and Ben from Speak and Share. If you're based in Victoria, you'd have to have been living under a rock not to have heard of the incredible work these lads are doing or seen their iconic sunflower on hoodies and hats passing by. In the space of a couple of short years, these boys have set up a movement that is sweeping through the town, both online and in schools, sporting clubs and workplaces. Their simple message, a problem shared is a problem halved, is impacting so many and today we get to dive into the guys behind the charity, business and movement and learn all things speak and share. On this podcast, not only will you hear why these lads started and the work they actually do, including the exercise live on the show, but we get right in behind the scenes of actually running a charity, how money is distributed and the business component of a movement as large as theirs. And in true Dawson D fashion, we have a laugh as the boys discuss some of the biggest mistakes they've made on the journey so far and share stories of times when things didn't quite go to plan. Remember guys, you can watch this full podcast over on YouTube along with exclusive Dawson D clips including vlogs and challenges so make sure you go and subscribe. But for now, sit back, be inspired, be challenged and be entertained with Mason and Ben from Speak and Share. D, are you ready to speak and share, my friend? I'm very much ready to speak and share, Doss. Do you want to introduce our guest? Oh, we'll Mason DeWitt, Ben Parrish. Welcome to the Doss and D Show, lads. Thanks, lads. It's yeah. good to be here. We're so excited, boys. We've got so much to cover, but, you know, we'll just do a very brief intro. Tell us a little bit about yourselves personally, and then we'll get into speak and share. So, uh, who wants to start? Benny can start us off. Go on, uh, Benny. I'm pretty basic. Ben, 20, how old are you? 24. <laughs> <laughs> Mornington Peninsula, born and bred from the Peninsula. What else do I say? I'm a pretty, pretty basic person. Footy, my hot love footy. Retired? Uh, dogs, man, yeah. as well. Yeah, retired this year. Went to school down on the, on the Peninsula as well. Love hanging out with my mates, having a nice girlfriend. Pretty basic person. They've started this, this speak and share journey, um, which is keeping us busy. School teacher by trade. Yep. That's all from me. I'm pretty basic. Nice, mate. Uh, yeah, Mason DeWitt. So, Similar to Ben, always been life on the peninsula. Went to school with you boys, which yep. was unreal. Uh, Thanks, mate. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a few years below you. So. Yeah, you look, I'm sure you looked up to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually used to bully me at lunchtime. So yeah. Yeah, that's right. yeah. But yeah, love me footy. Uh, love getting down for a surf. Got a lot of close mates and family on the peninsula, so mm. always have strong ties there. But yeah, into speak and share work now as well. Still teaching a couple of days as well, but... Mm. I'm sure we'll jump into that. Yeah, and then you're missing a third member. So we are. Skaggs. Yeah. yeah, Skaggs at the at the warehouse. He's packing hoodies. I think. <laughs> <working hard. laughs> yeah. um, Someone has to do it, lads. Got another yeah. younger fella, Sam, who started with us full time. So I think he's making sure that Sam, Sam's getting to work. So the two of us have made the trip up to the city, and we're looking forward to it. That's, That's it. Shout out to Nath. He's the one working behind the scenes. So we'll come and do this, and he's chipping along. So you us. guys are the face, and Nath, the face. you know, the real, you know, in and under. <laughs> Nathan's probably more the face, to be honest. Yeah, he's <laughs> on the socials. Yeah, he's a rooster. He knows it as well. <laughs> Do you guys have actual titles within Speak and Share? Like, for example, is there a CEO? Is there a COO? And who, like, where, where's the hierarchy in this uh, whole? I think we're all chief executive officers, officers, which I hate to say, and then directors as well. Lovely. Is that on the business you card? You do not hate to say that, mate. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Love to say. Ben signs off on uh, every email saying that. Why not? <laughs> Director and CEO or whatever it is. But yeah, we're, we're all equal. We're all directors yeah. at this stage. Hopefully it stays that way. Well, that's good. There was no you know arguments around who gets what or what role, who's who, none of that. Nah, yeah. just put, put the three of us on there. And then, yeah, as Ben said, we've got another gentleman that works a couple of days for us. And then we've got three board members as well. So they all have specific roles like on their board. Mm title as well now yeah. i know you boys you've done this before so you should be pros at, at the podcast game you've got your own hopefully pod coming out pretty soon mm-hmm. later on but start from the start speak and share what is it how did it start obviously you three are a really good mate so it probably started with with you three as friends yeah mm-hmm. yeah well it started it's coming up to two years now so it was 2020 the three of us so myself mason and Nat, nath were Lucky enough to escape Victoria lockdowns and get up to Darwin. The boys were playing some footy up there. I was trying to play some footy. I was making a fool of myself. And we sort of all went through our own mental health battles up there. I was studying my final placement for uni up there. Lost one of my best mates from the from the peninsula to suicide. That hit me pretty hard. And then Nathan and Mace went through their own struggles. And it was probably only until we came back about three months later, so Feb 21, where we said, you know what, being a school teacher would be great. Um, we've all been affected. We're all struggling. Let's sort of try and get into the mental health space. Didn't really know what we wanted to do or what it was going to look like. Developed an Instagram called the, the Business Speak and Share. Put up um, just our logo, logo. Just said three mates, one aspiration. I think the caption was had about 600 shares on Instagram from randoms and people we didn't even know. And we said, shit, this is pretty cool. Like we can probably do something with this. And from there, we posted a few skit videos, shocking acting in them. Um, then a, and a serious video of us talking about sort of our vulnerabilities in my garage that went really well on the socials. And then we sort of come back together and said, you know what, this is pretty cool. I think we can sort of capitalise on this. And yeah, two years down the track, got a school program, sporting club program, workplace program, 
uh, run community events as well and then do some merchandise stuff as well. So it's keeping us busy. Yeah, and we've also jumped into, we're a registered charity now as well, which is awesome for an organisation like this, um, being under the, the title of mental health. So to be able to run those programs, we work under Speak and Share as well and then to bring other people on as well is, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's awesome what you've created and I can't wait to dive in a little bit deeper around your team and what you've actually created the board and everything like that. But the footy club aspect is really interesting. So talk to us a little bit about your the initial reactions you guys got when you launched Speak and Share because obviously you've talked about your footy club ties. Mm. Talk to us about like inside the change rooms with the boys, what was the reactions like? Yeah, so that was probably our biggest one when we first put out the video on, on our Instagram and, and we were vulnerable and sharing our stories and we said, shit, we're all a part of footy clubs. Like what are the boys going to think? Like what's going on here? Like this is pretty open and honest from us. But we said, no, nah, if we want to create change and we want to do this, like we've got to put it out there. Yeah. And it was completely opposite to what we were thinking. Everybody was getting around it. Like they were relating to the videos that we we're putting out. And that's been our biggest... I guess success area has been going into local sporting clubs and footy clubs and it's a place where everybody chooses to be and for us to come out and run our program there and connect through the videos and the merchandise that we do, everybody is getting behind the message and it's only creating a positive culture for all that are involved there. When you're at your footy clubs previous to speak and share, would this have been a shock to say your teammates when you launched this or were you always driving some kind of mental health message prior to it or have any interest or be outspoken or was it like, because I know when we launched Dawson D, my biggest fear was we've both really haven't really talked much about podcasting or putting ourselves out there. And then suddenly next day we're saying, hey, we're podcasters and we're doing this thing. And everyone's like, well, what the hell? Like, why? Yeah. Did you guys feel something similar around mental health? I think pre-COVID mental health wasn't really spoken about within footy clubs. Stereotypically, footy clubs are environments where particularly males don't speak about what they're going through. And I think post-COVID, everyone sort of realised that shit, it was a really tough time. Everyone's got something going on. So we sort of need to spend a bit more time and, and money on it. Um, and obviously down on the peninsula, we lost yeah a couple of mates to suicide that were involved in footy clubs and every, everyone was obviously greatly affected by that. So I think post-COVID, there was definitely a need and a want for sort of what we're doing and the boys definitely respected it. And I think now like we realise everybody within the footy club are quite happy to speak about how they are going. It's just finding the time and the space to do that. So that's what our program is very much based on is providing an opportunity for people to sit down with each other and to have those those conversations um, and to seriously check in with each other. So how does it, I guess, become an established brand? I mean, for you guys, you know, you're school teachers. So you've you've grown a, a brand now that's that's really, you know, it's, it's scalable. It's going to grow. It's going to get bigger and bigger. It's already at a, an, an enormous rate in terms of growth. How do you start a brand like this? Yeah, it's probably off the back of our community, I would say, and, and you might have more to add on to that. But we've just been stoked with the people that are bought into the messaging behind speaking to I guess. So there's definitely a need for it on the Mornington Peninsula and it's an area where, yeah, we've found that it's grown quickly and there's probably a reason behind that. And our, our programs are, are being successful because we are providing opportunity for people to talk about it. So I feel like, yeah, on the back of our community, people are just buying into the messaging. Yeah, it's been a wild journey starting a business. Obviously, we started yeah. teaching. So the business side of stuff is completely, completely new to us. At the start, we're like, oh, you just get an ABN, a business account, a business name, and then you, and you're good to go. Um, it's a lot more. <laughs> Let's start sending the invoices out, lads. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly right. Um, but yeah, it's a lot more work than we initially thought it would be. And obviously, being a registered charity now, there's a lot more work in that. So that was about a 12-month process to apply for that. So we had Daryl, who was on our board, who did most of the work for that. And that was, yeah, pretty lengthy process going through what we do, where the money's going, all that sort of thing. And we sort of wanted to go down that route to, to have more transparency in regards to where the money's going. Obviously, working in the mental health space, we don't want to just go in and sort of make cash or footies and do all that sort of thing so yeah being a charity make, means that everyone can sort of see where the money's going where every cent's going people that are fundraising where that's going so yeah it's been a wild journey so far how do you actually put that out like in terms of do, do people go to your website because i've never understood myself until recently when you hear a charity and you donate money where that actually goes to and then there's obviously people that need to be paid to continue to run that thing obviously it doesn't just go straight to research or whatever mm. so how do you guys actually I suppose, yeah, share where the money goes and how does it get distributed? Yeah, so you have to do like a financial report. So yep. now that we are a registered charity, like we have one of them probably coming up where we have to share like our financial report. And then in terms of employees, it basically means like we render a service for Speak and Share. So the three of us work um, a certain amount of hours and get paid for that through Speak and Share. Yep. And then any employees we bring on. So we have a gentleman, Sam, that works a couple of days for us. He like renders a service for Speak and Share. And you're basically paid... To the title of work that you do so 
within a charity, there's um, levels that you can be paid to. So, unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to be driving around in Mercedes uh, and <laughs> oh, living the high life. But, um, yeah, we get paid um, to do what we do for Speak and Share and, and anybody that comes on, we can afford to pay them under Speak and Share as well. Yeah. In, in terms of, I, I guess, let's go down a bit of the mental health route. I mean, it all begins from you guys struggling with something happened to, to a couple of mates. We started our potty with this kind of in our mind too is, all right, we want to help young guys. Like that's that's our initiative. We want to talk about what young blokes go through in their 20s that don't typically get spoken about. And one of those obviously mental health. But when something like that happens to you, you're both up and down and you get that news. What were, you, what were your feelings and was it something that you'd never had before? Yeah, well, it was, it was pretty horrible to be honest. Josh Curran, who um, you boys might have known, was yeah, a Peninsula boy. I just finished my final placement for uni up there. So I was flying, never have to study again sort of thing and – Got a call from his business partner, who's one of my best mates back home as well. And he's, yeah, just letting you know, mate, that Josh has taken his life. And yeah, whirlwind of emotions for probably the next three or four months. I remember when I initially found out, I was pacing around the house, punching holes through walls, throwing my pillow, then I'd cry, then I'd be angry, then I'd be confused and it would all sort of go through that process again. And I was pretty fit when we were up there and pretty much as soon as I found that out that, yeah, Josh had taken his life, I was on the drink pretty much most nights until we were coming home, was physically inactive, sort of shut myself off from my friends and family, sort of just wanted to process what was going on in my own head. And yeah, it was questioning myself for probably the next three or four months on sort of why has this happened? You'd go through the text messages. If I replied to that to him differently, would that have changed something? And it definitely yeah, affected me and still does to that to this day. So yeah, it's pretty full on. Yeah. And it's hard because especially at footy clubs, you just, you just probably never saw that coming. So maybe talk a little bit more about him and, the character he was around the footy club was there any ever any signs that he was going through anything was he did he talk about it was he open yeah well he had a episode 10 months prior to him taking his life when we were back in Vic where um he tried to take his life on the Frankston train line we had a night out and he sort of went missing and I found him at the Frankston train station and he tried to take his life and that was probably his cry for help we didn't know that he was struggling before that episode and pretty much from that point on he was yeah on a downward spiral was just struggling to to sort of socialize anxiety went through the roof depression went through the roof and he was put on to meds and yeah it was sort of the start of the end for him which which is horrible but yeah leading up to that train station incident there was no signs whatsoever he was a 25 year old had a good partner house dog business had everything going for him and looking in you would have thought he was the perfect person but he was struggling with yeah internal demons that unfortunately got the better of him in the end have you found mace i guess when you now go and you you speak to local clubs communities schools but let's go with footy club for example where i guess we're talking about that space or benny just said then around Everything looked apart, so he had everything going for him. Do you notice when you are going and speaking that it's the those guys that are struggling, it's the same thing? They all have it together on the outside, but behind closed doors, they don't feel comfortable enough to share or I guess speak on that a little bit. Yeah, I guess it's the typical like males that we want to we want to stand tall, we want to be shown to be strong and at the old stigma that it used to be weak to speak, so... Yeah, unfortunately, I think that still definitely is a thing for a lot of males. It's definitely not everybody. But what I've we've probably found is people are quite happy to talk about it. It's just more how do you bring it up in conversation and how do you go about it and where is the right space to do that? I think there is def- definitely a level of hesitance to talk about the things that are going on in our life. And I think people probably associate, oh, my, my issue or my problem is it's just small compared to what other people have got going on. But what we like to say is there is no issue that is too big or too small and the things that affect you will affect somebody else differently and an issue that is smaller might be having bigger effects on you than, than somebody else. So, yeah, I think every person is unique in the way they respond to things and the way that they go about handling their mental health and the way they want to talk about it. But there is definitely a need that... And what we try to share that say that a problem shared is a problem halved. So mm. whether that be with a mate or with a psychologist or another registered professional, um, it's definitely the need to yeah to spread that awareness, I think, in the community. How do you go with talking about prevention, for example? So if somebody's listening and they hear the story that you just shared, Benny, and they go, somebody just pops into their mind right then. There's somebody that they're thinking of, okay, that sounds very similar. And there may be signs of something going on. What would be your advice? How do you start that conversation? How do you bring it up? Do you mention it to other people? Do you take it one-on-one? What do you guys think? I think speaking and sharing is obviously the biggest factor that sort of um, comes into role there and plays its role. I think being honest is probably the best policy as well. We've done our mental health first aid and did that last year. If you notice that someone may be suicidal, you have to put them on the spot and say, Dos D, have you had suicidal thoughts? And hopefully 
you put them in an environment where they feel comfortable. They either say yes or they say no. And hopefully they're honest with that answer. And if they are, if they say yes, then you've got to get the help that they need. And um, whether it's calling Headspace, Lifeline, letting their parents know, you've got to make sure that they've got a support network around them. But I think, yeah, being honest is, is definitely the best policy. That was a big thing we learned from that training as well. And we did a suicide prevention course that you actually have to confront them with, with that question and ask, as Ben said, ask, are you feeling suicidal? And then respond off that, that question. But another great thing is services like Lifeline and Beyond Blue that you can call. They actually, you can actually just call them for advice. You can say, my friend is going through this or I'm sitting with my friend right now. I'm going to speak on behalf of them. Um, and they will coach you through the best way. Every situation is obviously unique in, in the, mm. the way that they are feeling at the time. But you can call those services with a friend next to you. You can do it together. And then you can even have that friend go to the appointment with you or you can do it all virtually. It's yeah, completely what works best for you. Awesome. In terms of uh, the hoodies, right? We love it. You, you, you see it there everywhere. It's fucking incredible. Like seeing just how quickly they're going. I want to know the creative process, mm. right? So there's some nice looking hoodies. Very nice. <laughs> like, what's your favourites? How do you boys go about coming up with ideas? Are you getting people send you ideas? Are you just picking favourite colours? What's the go? Yeah, well, clothing something Nate particularly is really passionate about. Mace and I like our clothing as well. Nate <laughs> will pick us apart for what we're wearing. But um, yeah, fashion something we're, we're pretty pretty about. And I guess with the hoodies, anyone can can create a brand and sort of sell hoodies on their website or through their Instagram. But we wanted to try and put more meaning behind our garments. Um, so each each hoodie drop we do, each hat drop we do, whatever it may be, we dedicate that to someone in their story. Um, or a campaign so we had the yellow hoodie earlier this year which was all about creating change so challenging that stereotypical stigma that the oldish older people don't talk about what they're going through and there was a new generation coming through last year we did hoodie drops that were dedicated to people and individuals and their stories and sort of highlighting what they've learned through their life so probably the one that hit me the most and one I related to the most was Chris Ross who was Nathan Mace strength and conditioning coach at Frankston VFL yeah, 31 year old has yeah. MND um, and he sort of got on our platform and, and shared what he's learned through having MND and how important it is to speak and share etc etc um, so we sort of shone a light on his story and then from each would he say we also donate five dollars from every sale to a cause of their choice so obviously did that for freeze mnd so trying to help our cause and then someone else's cause as well mm. what does it mean to you guys personally when you see somebody wearing a hoodie it, it's not a instagram stunt or anything like that you just may see him down the street or you may just see it in somebody not a candid instagram so i should say like you just see it pop up oh shit someone's in the background wearing the hoodie what does it actually mean to you guys yeah it's awesome we we absolutely love it like every time we see somebody walking past in a speak and share merchandise just means they're supporting our course and only spreading the message further but the big thing we love about it is if you're wearing uh, an item of speak and share and somebody else recognizes that it's, it starts a conversation or especially if there's two people wearing it the at least it's going to be as a smile or a wave as you walk past and we've actually had a lot of people that have said they've had people come up to them and say oh I know speak and share and there's been a, a conversation happened about it or even like Beck's story that she was going for a walk one day with her dog and uh, there was an old man that came up to her and said, I've seen this flower design on this hoodie all like, everywhere. What's going on? And she was able to explain to that elderly gentleman that, yeah, it's a, a mental health organisation and she loves it that you've seen it around and explained a little bit about Speak and Share. So we do have to give a shout out to Nath with the merchandise as well. He's probably the main driver behind uh, our merch and he's an incredibly incredi uh, talented man when it comes to thinking of the new designs and the new colors and things that go together so he's right across that as well and yeah. do you guys have someone you know do the drawings and all the designing as well or is that nath as well yeah so we got a graphic designer jack myers if you know of jack myers yeah uh, yeah um, yeah does an elite job does a bit of work for furphy as well really creative and then we have another local girl billy rose beavers if you know billy. no i don't um she's a weapon as well so those two yeah do the hoodie designs and all our other designs as well yeah. do an awesome job i wish i could draw like that yeah. <laughs> i know nath does a little bit on it as well but yeah. Yeah, better me stay away from the designs. <laughs> well, we may need. Uh, we, we're looking yeah, we're looking at, for so, maybe a new logo. Yeah, or, we're looking know. to maybe rebrand a little bit. So yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll have to uh, be pointing in the right direction. Jump onto it. We yeah. um we did a podcast ages ago. Now it's probably in the first nearly around about the fifty something. So this is nearly one hundred and fifty episodes. It was a long time ago. We had a guy come in from a different organisation, goes to schools, talks to young men or young women. Depend they they split the genders up and discuss about masculinity and femininity. We did a bit of, with him, he actually put us through our paces a little bit, put us on the spot, made us be vulnerable, did some of the exercises they do at schools. Do you guys have any exercises that you guys might share at schools that we can 
potentially do now as a bit of a test amongst the four of us or just a, as an example to the listener? One of our main um, activities in our session, we call it our dinner date. So we ask the school kids if you've ever been on a date before. There's a kid at the front that puts his hand up. Fuck yeah, I've been, <laughs> start on, with been that. on 10 dates. on a date before, boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Start with that. And then we get, um, have you boys been on a date before? Yeah. I've been on a date I've before. I've been on a couple, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's our main activity, dinner date. We split the participants up into groups of three. They get a menu. So it's got entree, main, dessert. And on that menu, it's just got a range of prompts that gets that initial conversation started. I reckon we pluck one of the questions off and ask these. Lads. Yeah, I can start with that. Where, so they are very different questions depending on who we're presenting to. And okay. sporting clubs and schools, we can get one off uh, that we do quite a bit. You're stranded on an island. You can only take three people with you. Who are you going to take oh. and why? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. So you'd be one? Why? Yeah, why? Because why? <laughs> I'm sitting right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're my best mate and I love you. And, you know, we run a business so it's very important to, <laughs> yes. to get, keep money flowing in. Um, <laughs> on the <laughs> island. Um, There's a real truth. But so, you're a mate and he loves you as well. Yeah, yeah I said yeah, that first. Right, yeah. uh, second would probably be, it can just be anyone, can it? Yeah. Anyone. Second, Doesn't have to be people. So anything, can it? And dogs, pets. Okay. You'd probably have to say your girlfriend or whatever. Uh, yeah. Well, that, well, that was going to be next. My partner, <laughs> Garni, she'd be next. I probably should have said her first. <laughs> <laughs> we can reshuffle. No, 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 I'm happy with that. <laughs> happy with that. <laughs> and then probably third, I'm probably going to say a dog noodle. Let's go with that. I like mm. it. Yeah. Right. Oh, gosh. Well, this is going to sound very like I'm copying him, but... Um, <laughs> You're not taking his girlfriend, are well, it's uh. like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Come on. Uh, well, it's a good question because, yeah, people are listening to this and you go, gee, I'm going to offend a couple here. But, yeah, no, I, t- I would take DOS because, gen- like, we generally over the last couple of years, well, a few years now, we have been very vulnerable and open with each other prior to doing DOS and D. So been on similar trajectories through life, but also the conversations we've always had is deeper and... and even I remember in school being a 15, 16 year old or even up to 18, having conversations with DOS that I'd never had with any other mates, um, really deep conversations about like things like religion, for example, things you don't talk about, like just yeah. deep questions. And, and so I've always trusted DOS very much. So you're coming, mate. Thanks, mate. I would take my dog. He's not here at the moment, but Danger, my dog, named after the great Paddy Dangerfield, I must say. <laughs> he, uh, not a Geelong supporter either, but um, but he is, yeah, he is all, uh, there's something just about dogs in there. Like, mm. he's always been a rock for me, funny enough. So, yeah, well, I've never, yeah, he's laughing. I've never, <laughs> this might be the first official launch of the podcast, I've got to say this, but yeah, I'd have to bring Tiana, who's. There it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there so there we go. They're official now. <laughs> They're official. Ooh. Yeah, gee, I've held that for. Wow. <laughs> Long time. It's been a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. So uh, yeah, hey, Monday, Jeff, you've Monday got it Bruce. out of him. <laughs> Finally got it out of me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's huge. I'm going red in the face. Yeah. yeah. What about you boys? Oh, there there. It is. <laughs> so what's the next step? We become yeah. the interviewers now. I'd like to know more about yeah. this. Yeah, I know. Um, so basically, we do that dinner date activity. I might ask you one more question. Yeah, go for um, it. And then we'll talk about sort of what, where we go from that. I'll just say that we start with that question because. It's a light-hearted way to like firstly jump into answering these questions and it just gets you thinking about some of the important people in your life. Most of the time people will have more than three people that they'd love to yeah. take on an island but if you can narrow down to why you might take those people or a dog or something like that, uh, it's a good way to start off the, the evening. One more question. What are you most proud of? That's another one for the That's menu. a good one. What am I most proud of? Uh, it's funny, like we often don't say it enough and I, we had a moment the other day but... I'm proud of a few things in my life, but one in particular, I'm proud of probably just doing what I want to do with my life. So yeah. I've had a couple of big moments where, you know, you, you can go down a path where it might be what someone else wants you to do. And like we've stuck pretty true. I have personally with what I want to do. I'm doing a different kind of life. I don't have a normal just nine to five that I work every day. I've got a couple of jobs and create a life for myself. I'm living back and forth between Melbourne and Queensland. Like it's not a stock standard way of living. But I'm proud of myself for just doing what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. I'll yeah. relate to that. Like, that's probably what I'll be most proud of is starting Speak and Share, going to uni for four years, studying teaching. I was like, to mum and dad, I want to sort of start this sort of business venture. I don't know where it's going to go. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? They're still mm. like, what are you doing sort of thing? Because they're mm. just stereotypical. You've got to work nine to five, nine to three, whatever a school teacher works. You've got to pay your bills. You've got to get a house by the time you're 25. You've got to move out. You've got to do all this. But I'll probably, yeah, very similar to you. I just want to do like what I'm passionate about. And I'm proud of sort of us taking the jump at that and seeing where it goes. Have you felt that? pressure as well or expectation around what you guys are doing because it is different like definitely is yeah well firstly i was just going to commend your dos on that because you you do put it out on the socials that is this what you're meant to be doing are you meant to work nine to five are you meant to have a house by now are you meant to have things sorted out so i've always loved watching your journey with that and and sharing to people that 
I know there would be a lot of people in your same situation and if they're watching your stuff and you're doing exactly what you enjoy doing, it probably makes them take the leap in that field Thank too. Thank you, man. So, but yeah, I guess I would say I've, I've probably felt a little bit similar in that. Like you go to uni for four years to be a teacher, like should we be working full-time as a teacher now and, and following that path? But we very much made the decision to jump in to speak and share and we made some significant cuts to what we were doing, CRT or employment, um, to do speak and share and there was... I think 12 months of us working on a speaking share where we didn't earn a single cent off it and we said that how long can you go on doing mm. this for or do you just go back to teaching but yeah true to us we stuck to it and, and it's worked out now and um, we're just sort of working out now how it can be a sustainable business mm. going forward and um, there was definitely a lot of people that doubted us and probably the older method of um, you go to uni you, you study and you should work your nine to five as well and that's how it's always sort of been done so to us to flip that a little bit was yeah, a few people were unsure what we were doing. I'm surprised at, the, at you saying that, the amount of doubters. I, I just wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. I think it's just like such any, a good initiative. Any new like business venture, everyone yeah. like either hates you or sort of like, why are you doing that? It's not going to work. Uh, and it takes time to sort of prove people wrong as well. Mm. And we still have people that we've got to like not prove wrong, but sort of prove right. I think that like what, what we're doing is working sort of thing and mm. sort of jump on and behind us because, you know, it's, it's doing the right thing, so... What are you most proud of? Again, I said like I'm copying, but I'm very similar. Dawson D is what I'm most proud of. And the reason being too is I remember about very similar to what you were just saying, Benny. Four years ago-ish, I was at uni studying something that, again, I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I went and did the exercise sports science course that uh, all the young blokes go and do. And <laughs> just because I thought that would get me a degree and maybe I'll one day be, you know, uh, Collingwood or St Kilda or Sydney. Or bald. You know, bald. You know, you know, one thing we have noticed is every sports science people at sports clubs bald. are bald. <laughs> ne- next <laughs> time you go to any sporting event and you see, you know, the players warming up and just watch the bloke that's leading him, I guarantee <laughs> be, the moon will that's be shining point. off his head. I guarantee it. It's just something to look out for. Just something to look right. out for and all the listeners as well. Um, but yeah, but, and, and at that time, again, I was unsure. COVID came. I was working in a warehouse to supplement my income while I was at uni. And we both read a book, The 4-Hour Workweek, which is, again, a bit stereotypical, but it changes the way you think. And you're like, okay, I actually want to live a life where I can travel freely, be on my own terms, make money from anywhere in the world at any one time. And to have created something, because for us to take that step too was very difficult to actually put ourselves out there and just be at it. Like no money, low listenership, like grow it, grow it, grow it, grow it, low socials, try and grow it, grow it, grow it. I'm just proud of how we've stuck at it and where we're at and the life we're creating because again, like we're very harsh on ourselves as probably you guys are, but you know, some, sometimes when you do stop the smell of the roses, you go, gee, if I told myself three years ago, this would be my life that we're sitting here on what day is it? Wednesday, mm. having these chats with these kind of people, I'd be like, fuck, like I'd take that any day of the week. So yeah. that's what I'm most proud of. It's yeah, so important nice. as well. And we, we struggle to like stop and smell the roses as well. Yeah. Like if we truly sit back and look at what we've created, we, uh, like two years ago, we would have said, there's no chance we're, we're doing this. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible that you have to do that. And for anybody listening, if you feel like, jumping into something like our biggest advice would be to stick at it it's probably not going to happen overnight and there will be days where it's an absolute grind but if you want it uh if you if you truly want it and you're willing to work for it it'll happen eventually one way or another what's what's been the toughest day as a speak and share ceo or ceo like as a as a business owner what's been your hardest moment Mm. and and biggest realization like holy shit this isn't just colorful hoodies it's a business probably like the 12 months where we weren't getting paid there was a bit during lockdown as well i think where we weren't doing teaching work so we weren't getting paid whatsoever and then there was a stage where we we're doing a bit of crt and then doing speaking chair on the side and definitely got to a stage where i was like fuck i don't know if i can be bothered doing this to be honest like earning like 300 bucks a week we're working our asses off we're teaching kids and then doing this stuff on the side and it was pretty tough like when you're putting all your all your pennies and all your time and everything into this putting our own money into it like the first hoodie drop was only off our own financials yeah it was pretty like financially stressful and then the time we we're just putting into it as well we weren't probably reaping the reward for the time that we're putting in so it was definitely probably the first 12 months where we all were just going back and forth do we really want to do this and yeah it's definitely paid off now because yeah we're f- i'm full-time within the business so i'm um, glad we put those hours in for sure yeah i would I'd very much relate to that as well that we were working out of ben's garage for 15 months of what speaking share it was, was fucking so. grim the boardroom <laughs> was, was the kitchen table <laughs> yeah. we've all been there well, well you're in our land room right now yeah. so this is our studio yeah, so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. julie farish making us lunch every day yeah, yeah. Mom, mom doesn't work <laughs> so she's, <laughs> she's just at home so she'd work yeah. around the kitchen she'd be chipping in with a few ideas i'm yeah. sure exactly. yeah. she'd be doing yellow for the hoodie we don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah exactly what ben yeah. said that's it the same just sort of going back a little bit those questions you asked us so how important is it for people listening to ask themselves those questions but more importantly than that, why do you get people to answer those questions? Yeah, I think probably echoing what I said before that 
Uh, it's just providing an opportunity for people to have those conversations and to start those discussions. So we actually presented last night to a, a local sporting club and there was a young gentleman there that messaged me afterwards and said, can I actually come and pick up some of those, with, they have them on cards, the questions, can I pick up some of those cards and take them to do it with my family as well? And him reaching out, that says to me that that was a great way that he can just put them out on the dinner table and that's how they can start to have those conversations. So that's probably what we're most proud of, that we've found an activity and a way that it works for people to start to, to seriously open up with each other and to check in with each other because sometimes in life it's hard to, how do we start these conversations off and where does it go to? So a little bit of a structured setting for the initial conversation works and then you can build off that going And forward. it goes a bit deeper into the mental health side of things from those initial questions? Yeah, well, some of them hit um, pretty deep, like with yeah. the, the older age groups that we work with, there's some pretty hard-hitting questions in there. And obviously, like working through the entree and then working down the menu, it sort of gets people comfortable with, with the group that they're working gotcha. with and you never know where the conversation ends up. Our first one, our first presentation, um, there was some really powerful conversations. One guy that was seriously struggling, the club had no idea, and that was purely from like the entree question. They answered the first one, and then they just got deeper and deeper. So, yeah, providing a, an environment where people feel comfortable, you never know where the, the conversation the conversation is going to end up. What about your own families? I guess mm. as it as it sparked conversations with your own families and, and close mates. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, yeah, I'd and I don't know if you'll probably watch it, but my old man's probably a little bit of a closed book on in this sort of stuff. But the way he probably tackles these sort of things is very different where he'll just say like, how are you going? And you know that when dad asks that, that you've got to give him a true answer. And that's probably just the relationship I've established with him that it doesn't need to be a, a hard hitting open question. But if dad's asking how I'm going, like I'm going to answer truth, truthfully because he's created a, a, a relationship with, with me and him that I know that I can answer truthfully and he'll um, always be there to support him. And Likewise with dad that I'll, I'll ask how he's going and how work's going and that and he definitely answers truthfully as well. Mum's always been really impressive in this space, I would say. Shout out and to Kim. Shout out to Kim, yeah. yeah she's <laughs> she, uh, probably, probably in line with the work that she does as well. So she's always, for us growing up, been uh, a pretty solid rock to ask to check in how we're going and uh, being that support with us. So it probably comes more naturally to mum, I would say, than... It does for dad, yeah. I think it's helped with my mates as well, for sure. Since starting Speaking Chair, mental health is just a normal thing that we talk about. If one of the boys is having a shit day at work, they'll tell us, we'll go for a walk. Whereas probably pre-COVID, pre-Speaking Chair, everyone was just like a closed book. You'd sort of ask your mate, how you going? Yeah, I'm all good, when you know he's struggling. So it's definitely helped like normalise the conversation surrounding mental health, for sure. Hmm. What about with the older demographic? So it's good that you talked about your parents. And I feel, so from, from my dad, and I've never really probably spoken deep enough with the impact he had, but when he was 19... He was living in England. He got an urgent call to go from London to Brighton and basically opened the door to find my biological granddad had committed suicide. So he was yeah. the person to basically find and he had to deal with that for years and years and years. And I, and I guarantee, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this, that has affected him so harsh throughout life, but he's never spoke like real, like he, he even jokes about it a little bit or he can talk that it happened but he's never really gone deep but I just noticed that probably in his own behavior like we all know like biologically like we we gain these things from our parents and our grandparents and if, if it runs in your family it can continue on so and I know other members of my family they're so closed off about anything vulnerable like you can't talk about like not just how you're feeling but like just good or bad or indifferent like they just don't want to talk about it. so how do you open up those conversations to that older demographic get them speaking yeah that's probably through our community events and like the sporting clubs there's a few older guys in particular at footy clubs that we try, try and tap into but with our first yellow hoodie drop this year changing the culture we're trying to get like the youth so if the youth can go home and start these honest conversations with their family and their older parents grandparents and hopefully they can sort of spike like a trend and, and a change in how they think and get these honest conversations started because you're right like Stereotypically, old people don't talk about probably males and females don't really have honest conversations about what they've been through and, and what they've gone through in these hard times in their lives. But if their childs and grandkids can go home and have these honest conversations, it goes a long way in helping them. Yeah, I think the one that comes to mind for me is we did a video campaign. Um, we went to a nursing home and we sat down and the traditional, they brought out the cups of tea, the biscuits from the table. They were acting like they were our grandparents. Elite like going yeah. Yeah. Sort that. for a biscuit. Yeah. yeah. And... We filmed their answers and they said that when they were growing up and even when they were young adults, like it just was not spoken about, that 
the person that went and saw the psychologist, like there was something going on there. What 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 do they call them? The black sheep. Is that what people? Is that what, is that what it gets called? The like the black sheep of the family. Some people say that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Especially put in like institutes, like speaking to these old people, you just get pretty much pushed into a mental health hospital. People would look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, they just had like anxiety, depression, which is yeah, it's horrible to think about. But it was incredible to sit down with them because they said that going through that generation, that's what it was. That it just wasn't spoken about. But now they have their grandchildren coming in, and they will ask them how these questions and. They'll go out to the community and they see initiatives like ourselves that are, are working in the space and it's changing the way they communicate with each other and often over a cup of tea now they'll sit down and they will check in with each other and they will ask each other these questions and it's only probably later in their life that they've realised the importance of doing this. So it's definitely affecting everybody, I'd say. Yeah. Do you think, and this is kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit, so do you think currently the way we, um, you know, the way we a lot of people parent and, and kids grow up, it's become very much about um, instant gratification and we, we get what we want straight away and everyone gets an award, like no one loses. It's always like it, we, we don't want to be unhappy. We always want to be on this dopamine hit. There's nothing, we don't want anything bad to happen. We've talked about it with former guest Don Elgin, a Paralympian. We're talking about it really deeply around the idea of participation awards and, and no one loses and everyone gets a ribbon. How do you see that affecting mental health for those younger generations? Because you say you want to impact, like you want the youth to tell the older generation is about speaking up. Mm. Starting really young, we're kind of already... Oh, personally, I feel like kids are struggling mentally because they're not being taught to lose. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. I think parents are scared of their kids failing. Purely, I think social media plays a massive role in that. All the, all the parents these days put what their kids are doing on Instagram. And I personally don't think TikTok's any good for kids growing up. Their attention span at school is 30 seconds because they, all they do at home is watch 30-second TikTok yeah. videos. So I think there's a lot that, that comes into play when you're sort of discussing that. But... I think social media has its pros, but yeah, TikTok in particular has many negatives. It's affecting kids' mental health for sure. Yeah, this is probably where like personal opinions come into it. So like my personal opinion on that is that social media and the pressures that come with social media or, or clothing and the things that we wear these days like definitely has a significant impact on kids growing up, whether that be positive or negative. But yeah, we see in schools and, and you'll see after school that kids waiting for the bus, like they're all sitting there scrolling on their phone compared yeah. to standing around there's probably 20 of them there that could be having a conversation so um who knows what they're seeing online these days and the things that they're relating to but i think that's definitely impacting the way that they see the world and the things that are out there in the world as well so on, on that point can i ask all of you do you ever and this is i don't know why but i feel guilty when you're in public right uh, i'm trying to think of a if i'm in a doctor's waiting room or if i'm on a bus which i'm never on a bus if i'm scrolling on my phone i do think to myself in my head, I'm like, get off your phone. Like, yeah. do you feel guilty sometimes for being on your phone when you, you probably could be, even at, even at home when you're with your fam, like you'll be scrolling and go, I shouldn't be on my phone. I do for sure. I think it's because everything's so accessible on your phone. Like we've got emails, bank account, everything That's we right. do. We can just work off our phone. Um, but then at the same time, you get distracted on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. There's just so much going on on your phone. I wish I could put it to a side, but you do need it for like your work stuff as well. But if everyone could get off their phones on, on a train and just talk to each other, you learn a hell of a lot. Like we met so many people since starting like the speak and share journey, whether it's school kids or people playing local sport and having interaction and real interaction with people face to face, like meeting you guys today. Um, you learn a hell of a lot. So yeah, it'd be nice if the kids growing up could just put their phones to the side for 10 minutes. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because I actually had a similar like realisation the other day. I was waiting to get like an ultrasound on my calf and I was sitting in this waiting room and I was on my phone as well. And then I, I put it down for a second. And I look around and everybody there was like scrolling on their phone. Horrible. So I actually put it down and like I picked up the newspaper that was in front of me. But if there was people around, like I reckon I would have started a conversation because I had this like realisation. And it made me reflect back to when I was living at home where on the couch and dad used to say it to me all the time like, get off your phone <laughs> I know. what are you doing you're just scrolling on your phone and back then you don't realize like and i'm like now i couldn't even tell you what i was doing on my phone yeah i could have been having those those conversations with mum or dad or watching the same show that we can discuss afterwards that sort of thing but yet i was in my own head on on the phone so mm. yeah, it's an interesting point that you bring it's up. uncomfortable too i went yeah. to a, a 21st would you believe the other night um which is take it back yeah, yeah I, know. I know especially for me yeah we're winding the clock right back <laughs> well we actually in our last episode we actually talked about it. it's t like it's 10 years since we finished high school this year 10 years, ten for, years. For, for, those who, for those who finished well, yeah. he didn't quite finish but <laughs> <laughs> he got to year 11 he was you know close um yeah, thanks mate yeah. <laughs> no i didn't mean it like that now, now i wish now i wish i got the participation award back then um at least you're not going great 
you're going grey. Yeah, true. Are you finish, like, the grey? Are you going grey? Yeah. I was fucked on the side. I don't really? want to get on camera, but yeah. Wow. Serious greys. That's why he wears a hat. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> He's got a lovely hat to wear. Um, but when I went into his 21st, so it was a footy club thing, but the guy that whose 21st it was, he's moved clubs recently. So anyway, all the boys that I'm mates with, my previous club, they all had a footy function that night. So I'm like, they said, let's get there around nine o'clock. I said, all right, I'm going to aim for nine. We'll get there. So I've got people to talk to. I walk in, scan the room. Apart from the guy whose 21st it was, did not know a soul. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, get fucked. Like, yeah, worst it's result. Horrible feeling. Yeah, sure. First thing I did was like reach into my pocket. And I remember just sa- I said to myself, don't touch it. Like, yeah. keep it in there. Like, you don't know anybody. Just try and be in this moment. So I survived about five minutes, had a couple of small talk chats. <laughs> then speeches. Speeches saved the day. The speeches came out. I thought, oh, thank God. And then all the boys rocked up. But it's a very difficult task to actually do. Like, I, I find it really tough. Yeah. You've got to be mindful of it, don't you? Like, if you're yeah. not, you would just pull it out and you would just scroll. So yeah, it's probably one for us all to be, like, mindful of. that. You need yeah. it for work and there's things that you're going to genuinely need your laptop and your, and your phone for. But I think in everyday life, like, it's something that we can all be a little bit more mindful of and maybe just communicate with each other instead of yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's one of the biggest issues I find for myself personally like trying to you know start a business and and you always want to be on call all the time but being able to actually shut off and switch off it's so important and in for example like you know going and visiting so we I've spent a lot of time with my family the last couple of weeks flying back and forth had some family stuff go on and like you're not going to get certain moments with your grandparents like yeah. for example like sitting there in my, in my grand in my nan's lounge room but what like scrolling on my phone and i i think setting boundaries is really important and that's what i've had to try and do is like all right six o'clock gotta turn the laptop off or turn your phone off with you guys how have you found balancing running a business and and keeping up to date because you obviously want to be on social media or like things you're posting at night i'm sure as well like it's hard to kind of balance it a bit yeah struggle with it i was struggling with it last year like late last year i just want to like grow this thing and make it as big as possible yeah. but then at the same time you got to have your own time and you got to shut down so um i'm personally getting better at it but it's something that I, I need to focus on especially having like quality time sorry with my girlfriend with my family with my mates and sort of put that phone to the side as mace was saying it's something that i need to focus on but yeah it is hard when you've got the instagram going and you put your hoodies up at seven and then whether you're having issues with the web or someone's putting the wrong address they're messaging you straight away on instagram so um just trying to have those parameters and yeah i try and get off the instagram around 8 30 ish at night um, oh. Try. <laughs> <laughs> that seems pretty late. Um, You're asleep it's, by 8:30. Yeah, it's just about? so hard because it's so accessible. Like you know, with Doss and D with the Instagram, like always, people floating through the DMs. But yeah, trying to limit your, your phone time and yeah. I mean, off. I think our DMs aren't as flooded as yours, yeah. but still. Yeah. You know. um, but yeah, it is tough. I, I, can't, I can't stop checking the downloads. That's my issue. I'm always yeah, he's always yeah. refreshing downloads. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm fascinated with where in the world it's been downloaded. What episode? Why? Yeah. What's the weirdest country? What is it? You check it. I never check it. There's like, there's countries I haven't heard of. I'm not sure if they're VPNs, but there's, yeah, it's like, it's over 150 countries we get downloaded in now, which is cool. So it's huge. Yeah, it's all over the world, which is awesome. But I was going to ask you boys, and I want to get into some more probably silly questions or maybe some fuck ups along the journey. Or, (laughs) or, we we love throwing, I guess, or them throwing each other under the bus. We'll get there in a second. But I want to ask, have you. Look out, Skaggs. Can't defend yourself. Um, but my first Sorry question is, <laughs> just before we do, probably my last serious question, have you ever got any kind of heated pushback from what you do, like negative messages, negative connotations, people having to go at what you do? How do you respond to that if that's been the case? There's two that come to mind for me. We've had people question like finances before. Yep. So, And I, I think it truly comes from a place of like people want money spent in the right way and especially for a charity and a mental health organisation. So there's definitely no... Um, yeah, push back to, to those people. We love that they're asking about it. So yeah, I guess we've had to be uh, open with the financial side of things. The other one is our merchandise because they are limited drops, and we like early days we were literally only doing as much as we could afford. That like, was coming from our own pockets. We used to have like some mums that were genuinely angry at us that they could not go on and buy a hoodie because they had sold out so quickly, and they're filling out their credit card details on the website and putting in their address and then it was sold out by the time they finished. Yeah. So Horrible was, problem yeah. to have. Yeah. Trying to like <laughs> yeah. read us the right acts like Karen from Brighton and be like, you guys need more stock. Like we've just started Karen. Like yeah, yeah, give us yeah, a break. Yeah, we don't yeah. just do merch. The one that probably comes to my mind as well is probably last year there's rumours going around that people were, were going around cars and pulling our stickers off. I don't really? know if it's true or not, but stuff like that definitely hurts when you, when you, uh, when yeah. you hear that sort of thing. But I don't know if it's true or not, but... I mean, um, everyone says you need haters, don't you? Like you yeah, need yeah. someone to, to be... 
you know, the fire under the bum a little bit. Yeah, well, hate, yeah, I like to say haters are motivators, very cliche, yeah. but they definitely do motivate me. Like, like hearing that, you just want to put more time and effort into what we're doing to make it bigger and, and hopefully prove, that, prove them wrong or prove them right. Saying that though, we've been very fortunate. Like there, there hasn't been a crazy amount of uh, anything along those lines. Like they're, they're pretty supportive. Yeah. yeah. Well, come on, what, what's been the biggest fuck up? Because yeah. dealing with this industry as well, when it comes to like inventory, ordering things, <laughs> designs, making yeah. sure it's uh, sizing... You know, like it's. I'm sure there's a lot of back and forth with customers. But what's the? You know, maybe you've both got a couple of stories. Yeah. One about got, Skags as well. I got two that come to mind. Oh, here we go. The first one is before we did any hoodie sales, we ordered I think a thousand stickers, and then we put them on our story saying we've got stickers for sale. Message us if you want them. Um, I think we sold like 700 through Instagram DMs. Wow. wow. And then we spent the next three days driving around the peninsula, dropping them off. Like, didn't know you could write an envelope, put a stamp on it and post them out. <laughs> I love um, that. That's that's personal. So we that's had a great. day, the three of us were in the car, all three of us as well, just a complete waste of time. Driving from like Mount Eliza to Tramana to Safety Beach to Sereno to Rye to Rosebud. <laughs> that's to hilarious. Around the whole peninsula dropping these stickers off. That was a big fuck up. No, I don't I reckon that's a fuck up. I reckon that is so good. I, I love, love that. that. Just yeah, dead, t- dead time. 700 though. Yeah, wow. 700, 700 letterboxes. That's... Yeah. I guess it made it personal. Like people loved oh, very it. very personal. But did they even know that? They might not have. Well, they no. did because after every one we dropped off, we sent them a message saying, just put it in your letterbox. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was classic. on like driving that, duties. Nathan's yeah. on like dropping off and he was on like Instagram duties, like messaging everyone. Yeah. That's that shit so makes good. a difference. Yeah. yeah that's so I mean, cool. you can't do that anymore, but it's no. early days. That's a good story. And Come then on. the second one is probably, I think our first hoodie drop, I'm pretty sure this occurred. We sold three different colors and on the back end of the website, we didn't like tag... So we didn't know what color everyone bought. So we had to message everyone saying, oh. hey, we've had like a, a stuff up on the back end. We just didn't like tag the the orders properly. Just wondering, wondering like what color you ordered and had to go through like every single order and correct oh. what color everyone ordered. So we had three different colors, four different sizes. So like 12 options all up. Um, and I think that was like 300 garments. So that was a bit of a nightmare doing that. Yeah, that's the one I was going to share. We had to message 300 people and say, <laughs> firstly, what color did you buy? And then what size did you get as well? And then we actually, so we made a mistake on that one. And then on the next one, we were like, we're, we're all over this. Like we've got the, the SKUs in, everything like that. But we put the quantities in the SKU. So there was like people purchasing hoodies and like they were selling out quickly. And we're like, there's been a lot of orders come through. Like why are they not sold oh, out? No. Why are the numbers not going down? And then we realised after, so I think it sold out in three minutes and they're still up for 12 minutes. And we're like, oh no. We haven't put the quantities in the right part. Oh, no. So we had to message about 500 people and say, look, we're sorry. That, that hoodie actually wasn't available. It was already sold out. Can we give you access message to our Karen. next one? Message Karen. Poor old Karen <laughs> yeah. finally got her hoodie so for a second. Come out of the woodwork. <laughs> and it's, sorry, Karen, you yeah. missed out again. Yeah. That's um, shocking. Apart from that, we haven't had like too many like serious um, ball breakers yet. Hopefully it stays that way. They were pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a hypothetical. So let's imagine that you've got a high-powered meeting. It could be with a real, you know, like – Suits in Melbourne, like real hot sort of. Ben likes to call them heavy hitters. Yeah, heavy, heavy hitters. Heavy hitters. Yeah. yeah, it could be you could be getting a massive, like say, TV yeah. opportunity, or you might get you know real business. Deal. They're it's on a current affair. The yeah, well, that's well, that's all right. Well, we can even go back and, and and imagine it was a current affair, but you can only send one guy in to go and do all the talking. So you have to get obviously the business deal across the line. Was it a current affair or sixty minutes? Current affair. Yeah. Current affair. Yeah. Um, you have to get the deal across the line. You might have to talk finances. You might have to you know you have to charm them a little bit. You know all that kind of thing. Who are we sending in? And who are we avoiding? Who's the last cab off the rank? Oh, <laughs> who do you send well, in first? have a business after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to send Mason. Mason, smooth talker. Yep, knows what he's doing with the finances. Just um, can handle himself under sp- pressure. Spread pretty evenly across the uh, the areas of the business and. <laughs> Does pretty well under high pressure situations, I reckon. So I'm going to go, mate. Thanks, mate. We'll go with that. That's nice. <laughs> you better say me. I'll, yeah. I'll send myself as well. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, Ben calls them heavy hitters for a reason, and I reckon he secretly likes going to those. He likes them. Those things, yeah. He loves somebody that's suited up in front of him, and he can sit there in his hoodie and hat, yeah. and uh, and talk the same language at him. So I'll send Ben in, but he. He likes to... Uh, Should we tell the story about the heavy hitter we had in, in uh, down on the peninsula? What happened the first meeting? Oh, no. I don't know. They were trying to get in. I don't, well, actually... Out the, pre- we're out the front. Uh, you can say, I don't know. I can't remember. Go on. Um, so we met with a heavy, heavy hitter. Oh, pretty, I do know this a big, my, my dad used to call them big kahunas. Like, yeah. big kahuna. <laughs> this, guy, <laughs> this individual has massive kahunas. <laughs> big grapefruits. Um, so we're meeting with him to do like a big pitch on sort of why he should sort of back what we're doing. We rocked up, 
Um, the meeting was 10 o'clock. He lives in an absolute palace, like absolute mansion, pool, tennis court, mini part, got the works. He lives by himself. He's an older fella. We rock up. It was quarter to 10. The massive gates were closed on the beach. Couldn't get in. We're yelling out his name, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, came on over. We were all dressed up nice. We were like, Do you have his phone I don't number? know if he's alive or if he's dead. Didn't no. have his, he's got a personal assistant, so I had to go to oh. his personal assistant. So I was calling the assistant, couldn't get onto her. We're trying to email her, couldn't get onto her. We're like, fuck, we got one like shot at this. Like, we can't fuck this up. And then his neighbor comes driving down and he's like, oh, I'm just making sure you guys are not like breaking in. Like, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, turns out old mate's had a hip replacement oh, no. and he's been in hospital. And we're just trying to stand like out the front for the 45 minutes, like, let us in. Like, we started yelling. I don't know what um, we did. Well, we probably shouldn't say, but we, there's like a fence like along the beach. So we like climbed up on the fence. We're looking over and we're like, where is, is he? he in there? Like, and then we actually got worried. Like, he's an elderly gentleman. We're yeah. like, is he like got up for the day? Like, do we need to try and get in here and see what he's doing? Like, I, I want to talk to yeah. you, the boys off air, because I think I might know who this gentleman could be. Yeah, <laughs> we won't say either. names. Yeah, we won't, we won't say names. Yeah, we'll talk off air. He definitely won't support us going forward. <laughs> he knows that. So who are we not sending in? Uh, and why? Or well, you could make it a bit easier if you don't want to throw, you know. I know who I'm not sending in. Who are you not sending in? <laughs> yeah, why? And What's I'll the reason? I'll apologise to him in advance. <laughs> I'm not sending in Sam, our employee. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He's he's good behind the behind closed doors. He's a weapon on the packaging, and yep. he gets that done. But old Sammy boy is not the best at writing an email, and maybe yeah, a couple of spelling mistakes. I'm going to say Sammy as well. Mistakes, yeah. I need to teach him how to use the chat GTP. Where it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> Are you guys all over that. He can't spell. Use it yesterday for the first time. It is elite. Yeah, yeah. I could not. It's, it's, we yeah. need to get on that. Incredible. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. It, it'll save us a heap of time. Mm. We had an in year twelve English exam. Oh no, oh, no. <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? Well, I was just going to say, man. I hope you're not rocking up to meetings and looking at yourself in the mirror, and you know, like you were at my front door. Mate, we walked downstairs, and the lads are like, "Oh, we're just looking at ourselves in the windows. It feels like we're dreaming." Yeah. <laughs> Our window has some like special thing. Warped, they said. You're warped. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. Kind of as we edge to the end, I don't know if you want to. Oh, I was going to go down another serious part. Yeah, go another, for, no, uh, go what's been? What's been? I guess the biggest. I don't know. We've touched on a lot in terms of challenges, but when you look back now at everything, running a business, impacting thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, what's been your proudest moment in in all of that? Yeah, there's been so many that we are proud of, and as I said before, we probably don't stop and smell the roses enough because we are extremely proud of what we've created and the impact it has on people i've probably got two our community fun run event that we had that was a massive day for us at speak and share and um we had 450 runners that took part in that event but we probably had about a thousand people down there on the actual day that and we had so many conversations and people were really proud of what speak and share is doing and we created that link between physical and mental health through having the fun run so that was a really proud moment for us that we could get that many people along to an event. But I'll also just say the people that stop you in the street or the messages you get on the social media about how it is truly impacting people's lives. And we don't feel like we're incredible people or we're significant people in what we're doing, but we're just everyday blokes that have um, started an initiative that we find is wor is working really well. And the amount of uh, awesome messages we get on the serious like effects that it have that has had on people, um, significant effects, I should say, sorry, that has had on people and whether it be a message about somebody saying that they, one of their mates opened up to them that they've never done before and we know that what we're doing is seriously saving lives and is making people's days go a little bit smoother. So that's what I'd say I'm proud of. Yeah, I probably couldn't nail it down to one. I'd probably, similar to Mace, um, probably had three or four like serious messages, like long messages that people have sent us and it has like truly saved either their life or someone that they've known. So yeah, getting something like that through the DMs or through the email or even in person is pretty special knowing that you have um, sort of had an impact and you have possibly saved someone's life. pretty special. And um, as I said before, it just makes you hungry for more. Like we just want to grow this and impact as many people as possible. What does the next two to five kind of years look like in in a dream world for you guys what's kind of your goal what's your vision yeah so we'll hit the peninsula pretty hard this year um and then next year grow off the peninsula go regional vic and then yeah we're hoping we get to a stage five years down the track where we're pretty much in every state across the country facilitators facilitating the school and the sporting club program and running the fun run interstate and all the other events as well and Hopefully have the merchandise yeah, across the country as well. Yeah, got some, some big dreams and big projects we want to work on. Yeah, we've probably been like natural growth to date so far and just growing as the demand is there. So continue to do that and uh, as Ben said, like expand out as we can and bring on further people as well. So we want to bring on more facilitators at the moment. We want to make it as accessible and available to sporting clubs and schools as we can and we feel like the program is... It's a fairly simple approach, but it is effective approach from what we're doing. So if we can make it more available to, to more eyes, that'd be 
yeah, yeah, pretty important for us. How do you get into schools? Do you have someone doing that for you kind of thing? Or is it you've got part of your staff that they do that? Or Yeah, so we probably the start of this year broke up into more set roles. So we're all across everything in the business, but we all probably report back to each other in certain roles. So that's more my domain is the schools. And then I try to look after the finances a little bit as well. Ben's all over the sporting clubs. So uh, similar process, I guess, in the way that we do yeah. the bookings. And then yeah, sponsors, corporate sponsors as well. So we want to... And then Nate's probably more merchandise social okay. as well. But we do all play a part in each of them. Just I know that I probably should have asked this earlier, but when it comes to you guys running a business as a group of mates, how does it go when having to have difficult conversations within the group of you guys? Yeah. But business related. So not mental health related, but either someone may have to pull their socks up or something's not working or the questions be asked. How do you guys actually deal with that? I think as I said before, like honesty is the best policy. Yeah. Obviously, we're running a business called Speak and Share. So if we're not speaking and sharing <laughs> yeah. ourselves, it's going to go in a downward spiral. So yeah, we, I think we do a pretty good job at pulling each other up, whether if we're not working hard enough or, you know, we should be doing this or should be doing that. We sort of just put it on the table and you've got to have tough conversations to sort of move forward. It is hard, but it definitely just benefits you in the long run. And we each read a couple of books actually and we brought in this thing where we need to get it going more about like culture days. So mm. whether it be once a month, once a quarter, we'll just put everything aside. Like there's always going to be so much work to do, but we'll just pencil it in the calendar and say for this whole day, we're just going off and doing something that we want to do as three best mates instead of running a business. That's elite. So, yeah, we've we've already done one of them, which was awesome. Um, what was that? Yeah, wouldn't I wouldn't call it awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I saw something. I yeah. think I might have saw something. I can show you some footage afterwards. I'd love to. Is that the cable? Part? Did you just go away or something? Ca- cable part? No. no so we like it started started oh, at my place. Okay. The boys came over. Got a bit of egg and bacon going on the barbecue. <laughs> yeah. I wrote a little story actually as well. So I pulled together like a few. I searched up like ten most motivational business stories and like <laughs> plucked a few together. I then, love it. And then put like our names um, in there as well and like at each area that we fall under. So. Yeah, we read that story. The boys got around it, which was good. And then we went over to the cable park for the day. And uh, <laughs> we love wakeboarding. Like Nathan and me have done a fair bit of wakeboarding, so we love it. But Faz hasn't done too yeah, much I'm not, of not it. not great at it. Yeah. Yeah. Still, still sore from it about three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> he had this one lap that he was doing. He, he got confident. He like, finished this lap and he was going again. And he got like around to the last quarter and it was the biggest face plant I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, genuinely reckon it almost knocked him out. That's it was, hilarious. It, was funny. Yeah. it has yeah. to be one in every duo or threesome. I'm, I'm the one in our duo. Well. I'm useless with any of that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm not great. I'm not great. <laughs> we did do surfing the other day. That footage will be coming out shortly. We both were. Are you a surfer as well, Benny? No, nah, absolute hack. These nah. boys, these boys are pretty good. Mason Skaggs, but I'm no good. Yeah. Nah, more of a land operator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Land animal. Yeah. Feet on the ground. Yeah. 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 Well, boys, I reckon that's <laughs> Well, I guess, I, I mean, a lot of people listening probably already know who you are, but yep. maybe share with the listeners where they guys go and find you, social media, website, and maybe potentially, I know that's probably not in the books, uh, in the works, but when's the next big drop? Yeah, Is there any kind tease? of news on... You know, when people can get their hands on it. It's only just finished, so it's probably yeah, yeah. a bit hard. But Instagram yeah. is speak underscore underscore share. Uh, website is www.speakandshare.com. And the next video drop will be announced tonight at 7pm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's based on one of our good mates who has an amazing story. Yeah. Um, has been through some hard times, so he's going to yeah, share his story through our platform. And it's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be cool. That's sick. It might not be tonight. No, nah, it probably won't be. <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone listening, you've, you've missed it. It's all sold out. Yeah. 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 By the way, is that the as well is that yeah, the okay. wow oh wow that logo. that's yeah. unreal do you have that as well mate no i actually didn't know you had that little sunflower man yeah wow that would have hurt as well Jeez, that's not, yeah. and and for those listening that may want to get your boys into a community place like a footy club or it could be a school how do we go about that yeah so mainly through the website so we've got a little contacts form there if you want to just fill out that we have a, a goal of ours that we will respond to every person that either messages us or fills out a contact form but that's our big one for us we want to be coming out to your sporting club or your school uh, or your workplace we love doing corporate businesses and that as well so yeah through the website come and book us and then the other one just on the merchandise we're going to try and do 
like a drop every month. So cool. if you miss out on one of them, there'll be another one coming and we'd love to see you wearing the merchandise we'll around. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But well, when we come on a potty, we also like to ask the people interviewing us questions as well. They can't just have on. all the fun. So Sadie ghost enter the house. Yeah. 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 Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, last week's, uh, last week's episode was about ghosts, actually. We interviewed some yeah. paranormal, <laughs> inter- <laughs> uh, paranormal investigators. investigators. Yeah. That was, yeah, there you go. They've just so entered the room, apparently. <laughs> What's your question? I'm a bit nervous. Look at them sit back in their chairs. No, I'd like to know. Like you asked us, the three of us, like how we go being best mates. But you two live together. You're working together on the podcast. How do you go? I guess having those tough conversations together as well, but also finding the time to have a bit of fun together and continue on as mates. You want me to go? I think I think we're lucky because we've had this relationship for a long time. We often say to ourselves, we just got to keep having fun. Like we, when we go down a new route whether that be through videos or whatever it may be, we always say, just remember why we're doing this. Have fun, have fun. We, we don't want to get to a point where, look, it's natural with business. You get stressed, things happen. Like there's a lot to do. There's always things to do. But we try our best to, I mean, we, we take the piss. Like that's how we get through. We take the piss. But I think we are awesome. Well, not awesome. That sounded very okay. But we are, we, we are <laughs> really very good. very grade six. We are, we are awesome. Know, know. Like, <laughs> we are really good at oh, having awesome. tough conversations. And that's something I think, I think DOS, in the early days, probably led them, definitely. Being able to sit down, open up, have tough conversations, sometimes put business aside. But look, we, we live a life of, like I said earlier, we pinch ourselves for where we're at, we, where we are, what we do, who we get to interact with. So for us, we're very lucky. But I, I think we're lucky. Like It mm. sounds pretty cliche, but like it's very hard to find a mate or a, a connection that you get, you, you just align on the exact level on that. Every facet of life, mm. like it's kind of weird. Do you, do you create your own luck, though? I don't know. You create your own luck. I definitely believe that, but I also feel like people are brought into your life at certain points for a reason. And D and I, we've had very similar upbringings, very similar lifestyle. Our dads had very similar businesses. We both two sisters, only boys, same age, same school, same income, same super contribution, <laughs> all of it. But I guess for us, we both wanted something more, and having someone to do that with i mean we started the pod now we've started the business and you know we moved out together we ended relationships to to co- to, to be together <laughs> to be together <laughs> but Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it, it's, it was actually really ironic timing that our, rela- our previous relationships ended and we moved in together so, yeah. <laughs> yeah there was a few question marks yeah but uh, it probably doesn't really align too much with that but i, I guess ultimately we've had to have each other to work out what we want to do because early days we actually didn't yeah. like we were kind of like we want to do something but we don't know what it is like you guys had something happen in your life and you go fuck we want to make that change yep. we probably didn't have a thing so yep. we've just been going with it as, as it as it's flowed so but we've had tough conversations and we've been pretty honest and pretty brutal and like mm. i said earlier i'm proud that we're doing it differently yeah and i think know. too like i think when i think just reflecting just now as dos was speaking i think that a lot of the time Nearly every day, I feel like we have both. Almost every day, we have a really tough or serious, not not tough, but serious conversation that'll be really focused. It might be an hour of just almost where you walk away, you guys wouldn't know this, where you've got a headache, like you're just, you're fatigued because you've been really focused and you're thinking about numbers and this and that and ideas and writing this down and messaging, um, emailing this person, doing this, whatever. But I, I don't think there's been a day where we haven't pissed ourselves laughing. Like yeah. we, we that happens every single day and I think, until that day doesn't come, then we're going to be pretty happy. Yeah. So that that's one thing I really value. Do you guys struggle with, and this is something we have over the journey too, do you guys struggle with comparing yourselves with other people in your field? Uh, through Speak and Share or personally, do you think? Both. Yeah. So um, Speak and Share it could be with other people with similar yeah. businesses or I'm going personally. I'm to say like Speak and Share wise and individually I don't. Because yep. the way we're doing it is completely different. When I was going through high school, probably did compare myself to, to people. But getting older and through books I've read and podcasts I've listened to, I don't really care that much about what people think of me and try not to compare myself to others. I'm a unique individual. Mace is a unique individual. So if I just go about what I'm doing, I know that I'm doing the right thing. And yeah, in regards to speaking share, I don't think we do too much comparison whatsoever. There's some amazing organisations that are doing awesome work, but the way they go about it is completely different to the way we go about it. And yeah, we sort of... That's how I look at it anyway. Yeah, I'd probably say it like, comes down to belief. Like we believe in what we're doing for Speak and Share. So we probably don't compare that to too many other organisations. But on that, like there are a lot of amazing organisations out there doing some great work in this field. So 
it's probably more how we can link with them not so much compete against them and personally like right now this stage of my life i would say i don't either like i'm pretty content with like who i am as a person and done things a little bit differently like didn't don't have a the same job nine to five like working at two different places and bought a house with one of my mates which probably isn't a, a standard thing to do either so no. yeah i'm probably pretty content with the way i've done things as well i asked yeah. that because that's where we've i think that's where we've blossomed in that sense okay. as soon as we stopped doing that mm. which mm. was probably like probably a year and a half ago nearly two years ago yeah that's when we started like really having the best time because yeah. we're like it doesn't really matter like because that early days you're starting off and you're kind of like oh they're doing that so we should be doing that shit are we falling behind but as soon as we like stopped doing that we just started having fun mm. and, and it's why i asked that question because i knew you would answer something along those lines and i think it's important for people to hear that you guys put out very raw content of like who you are what you're doing each day and it's you're not trying to portray a life that isn't necessarily happening so i love that yeah it is like you don't work nine to five and and that's fine and you, you live in the and an apartment in the city and, and then you're moving up to Queensland, like you do things that are different to what probably the average person works nine to five and does. So I think it's important for people to see that and I love the way you express that through your body as well. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. It means a lot. Well, you, what you guys have done is incredible. So mm. we just want to commend you because watching the journey and it just grows so rapidly, but then to see like, even my own mum, like, geez, that speaking chair is doing well, isn't it? <laughs> mm. It's everywhere. It's, uh, and, you know, just hearing that, you go, wow, like mm. what you guys are doing, it's creating change. And yeah. you guys should be so proud of that. And I know you probably people tell you that all the time, but we're telling you again. Uh, it's yeah. nice to hear. Appreciate Always that. nice to hear. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank we you, appreciate boys. it. We've been trying thanks to do it for us. a while, so it's nice we to have. get it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, do the next one in the Goldie, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, 100%. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Love it, boys. Good on you, lads. wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And, of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And, of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, Dave? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode.